Uh, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we want to uh, just ask that now as we come to um, open your word up, uh, that you would um, open our hearts up, that you would uh, open our minds up, Lord, and, and give us ears to, uh, to hear what you have to say to us. Thanks for your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Where's your treasure? That's uh, court's kind of already answered my question, so I can sit down now and we can move on to the next thing. No. Um, hey, welcome here too. If you're here for the first time tonight, um, my name's Phil. I'm the, the youth and young adults pastor here. Well, have you ever been through a stage in your life of really treasuring something? You know, only to then later grow out of it. Um, you know, something you've valued above everything else at that particular time. Um, well, my eldest brother, Matt, he's a, he's a bit of a collector and uh, he's gone through some phases of being uh, sold out, being fully devoted to like collecting different things. He started uh, at an early age, uh, grade four, he started the footy card uh, collection kind of phase and he uh, got the complete collection of the VFL, the Victorian Footy League, in the years 82, 83 and 84. So that's like all the players and all the little kind of emblems and stuff. You know, he was uh, into collecting footy cards for a while, but then that moved and it kind of blended into the collecting marbles phase. And he became this brilliant marble player. So he would go to school with like five marbles and he'd just like play his little socks off and he'd come home with like a hundred. This guy was good. And I'll tell you what, in the heady days of the mid-80s, marbles were worth fighting for. It was good stuff. Um, he moved then onto Hot Wheels cars, you know, like matchbox cars, whatever. And he was collecting them and he'd, that would be immaculate. We want to wreck him when he played with them. He'd, he'd collect them. That would be nice and beautiful and clean and shiny. And he'd lay them out so people could view how good they were. And then that move to uh, collect a treasure that's something very sacred, something very special, something very niche. Stickers. <laughs> Stickers. Yeah, yeah, I'm hearing you guys going, why did I get, why did I get into that when I was a kid? Stickers. And needless to say that the two younger brothers, me included, well, we were kind of drawn magnetically to this new kind of collecting, this, the treasure of, of stickers. And uh, I remember going to, on a holiday in Tasmania, and we'd go to um, a different town, and when we pull up at the town, the kids, had, the boys would disembark out of the car, and we'd go, man, we'd kind of spread out, and we're door knocking on businesses, and we're going like, hey, have you got any like, free stickers? You know? And they'd go like, no. You know, some people would say no, but every now and then, Every now and then, you'd strike a win. Yeah, and that was, that was sweet. One more sticker for the treasure box, you know. I love that stuff. We got to Hobart, and uh, now we just thought we were in paradise. All these massive businesses trying to promote their wares, and we would just door knock and get these stickers, and then we'd come back and we'd fight over them. We'd fight over who was going to have the really cool ones. When we got home from holidays, we'd, uh, we'd store them, but it wasn't a little treasure box. It was like... The bedroom door. 
So we'd stuck them on one side of the door to start off with, and they're looking all nice. And you know, then we'd kind of have to you know, do it on the outside of the room. So mum and dad and everyone would have to walk past and just go, nice stickers, liking them. And, um, but we went through this um, time. Now, when I go home to my uh, Alexandra, where my parents still live, we've got three bedrooms with these shrines, these reminders <laughs> of this quirky, quirky time that we went through collecting stickers. And then I'm just keen to renovate or rip the door off because stickers are pretty hard to get off. But they remind me of uh, a treasure that I once loved, but now the luster um, has very much gone. If you want some, you can have my door. Um, but I wonder if for you, you've gone through maybe similar phases in your life where you've just, there's been something that you've treasured, you've loved it, you know, and it's had such a high value in your life. Um, but then you've kind of, all right, we've, we've moved on to something else now. I wonder if you can relate to that. And I wonder today, tonight, if you have a treasure as well. You know, where's your treasure where are you storing up your treasure collection? And is it going to be lasting this time? Well, if you've got your Bibles there, the, the passage tonight is Matthew 6, verses 19 to 24. And it kind of, we were going to look at this great kind of picture of the treasure. I'm going to ask our Bria to come up and read for us. Um, so Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 to 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures here on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Thank you very much, Bree. Well, the, this passage, um, I just want to give a little bit of context for where it kind of falls. Um, it's at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. So when he walked the earth, this is the beginning of the work he had to do. And he has um, begun to preach a message to all those people who would listen. The message he's been proclaiming is repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the king of this kingdom of heaven. And he's telling people with his message that they can actually enter now. Pretty amazing kind of message. And not only is he, uh, in this beginning of his ministry, just saying this message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, but he's actually kind of demonstrating that the kingdom of heaven is actually in-breaking as well. So you can probably imagine heaven, a place with no sickness, a place with no disease, and a place with no suffering and death that results from these things. 
And so Jesus is going about through the region of Galilee in Israel and he's speaking this message and he's healing people with disease. Every person that's brought before him, sick people, he's, he's healing them. He's casting out demons. And it's a glimpse of what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. And sometime into this ministry of telling people about the kingdom of heaven and showing them a glimpse of it, Jesus goes up on a mountainside. And the teaching that uh, the little bit we get out of it is this, this general wider teaching is called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's awesome. It covers a, a whole range of topics that are relevant for those people who are going to give their lives to following Jesus. And it's like he's... Um, uh, but within, the, sorry, within the, these various topics of the Sermon on the Mount, there's one subject that comes out loud and clear, one overall theme. And it's the theme of the kingdom of heaven and the rewards that await those who have given their lives to follow Jesus. And it seems to be like he's communicating to those who want to follow Jesus and to those who are, you're living on earth, right? You're living on earth now, but you're actually in the kingdom of heaven. The fullness of which you will only know when you die or when I return, Jesus says, to bring it to completion. But he's saying like, guys, stay grounded. Stay grounded in the fact that you're in the kingdom and you're heading you know, to a time when it's going to be fulfilled. Keep your eyes fixed on the kingdom. Stay grounded. Don't lose focus. And then in the middle of this teaching on the kingdom of heaven, he uh, lands on this short passage about treasure. The presence of the kingdom of heaven the, should impact on what we actually treasure, is what he's kind of communicating out of here. So if you um, look at Matt chapter 6, 19 to 21, we'll read that through again. And if you've got your Bibles, keep them open and we'll keep referring back to the passage as we walk through. So he says, verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the question is, where is your treasure? Where is my treasure? Where is our treasure? You know, the things that we value above everything else, where is that treasure? Because the passage presents two places where you could be storing your treasure. There are two options. A, we could be storing up for ourselves treasures on earth, or B, we could be storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Now, option A would mean that you're treasuring up things on earth like money. Or the, the top value for you would be like possessions, a car, stereo, TV, your clothes, shoes, sporting equipment, books, bikes, cameras, furniture, house. Maybe it's also a lifestyle is your treasure relaxation and holidays, you know, you want a nice house, interior design your house, so you just love it. That's your treasure. Eating out, eating in with lovely food. It could be a good job or a uni that's going to get you a good job so you can get good money to do the things that you want to do. Perhaps um, you might say, hey, I want to focus on money for a time and build up, you know, enough so that later on I can be more available for God 
but that would still be your treasure at the moment. So money, wealth, or this other stuff that relates to money and wealth, this earthly treasure, is this what you value above everything else? So option A, are you storing up treasure for yourself on earth? Or are you storing up treasure for yourself in heaven? This is option B. This would mean that you're not valuing this stuff that much. It's certainly not the top value for you. But you are looking beyond this fleeting life to your eternity in heaven, storing up your treasure there. Now, one option is far better than the other. It would appear that there are certain risks associated with the first. And although we might forget these risks or put them aside, we're fully aware of them. Earthly treasures just won't last. You see, on earth, we've got moss, we've got rust, we've got thieves that all seem to want to get to our treasure. It's almost like God's provided them to let us know that there's just no point valuing these things too much or too highly. So moss eat fabric. And uh, fabric in the time that this was written, that's a sign of your wealth. It's a great indicator of, of what you're worth. But it's just like today, I suppose, because today, you know, we can tell the difference between a, an $80 T-shirt and one that's bought in Big W just by looking at the label. But, it's nice, but as nice as your clothes are, don't treasure it because it just doesn't last. So if it's not moss that are going to eat your clothes, it's going to be like the Aubrey Wodonga sun. I knew this guy who uh, had some underpants, right? And he um, put them on the line to dry. But the elastic on these undies, they're just like getting all kind of worn. Does anyone have that issue? It's not me, of course, it's someone I know, but like, it's not the moths, it's going to be your undies. Hopefully none of you are treasuring your undies too much. But rust also, that's, you know, that's going to mean your treasures don't last. So rust corrodes coin, rust will destroy your wealth. And then if, then if you haven't got rust or moss and other stuff going on, you've got thieves and these people just want to break in and rob your stuff. And if you've ever had someone that has actually stolen your things or you've had something that you really love and treasure that's kind of got lost or broken or whatever stolen, you'll know that it's heartbreaking. Something that you've loved so much that you feel like you can never get back, it's like a piece of you has kind of been taken away for a time. You know, something you love, it, it's taken away and it's kind of shattering. So it's a disappointing cycle, firstly, that we're going to get ourselves in. If you treasure wealth... Man, just get ready for a cycle of kind of letdown because it just doesn't last. We're going to lose our wealth and uh, inflict great pain on ourselves. But option B, your treasure in heaven, there's no moth, there's no rust, there's no thieves, there's nothing that can take away your treasure. It's a secure place. Uh, but if there's a greater, more serious problem too than just the pain we might inflict on ourselves by treasuring stuff on earth, so Jesus says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven because, verse 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Jesus says, don't make your treasure on earth, but make it in heaven because that's where your heart is. This is solid. And hear this, 
If your treasure is on earth, you have given your heart to something that is not God. If your earthly treasure has your heart, God hasn't. This is not good if you're thinking about eternal things. So the question again, where is your treasure? Or put it another way, where is your heart? Now, maybe at this point, you're thinking to yourself, Phil, I love Jesus. I love Jesus beyond anything in this world. God is my treasure. I don't care about, I don't pursue wealth before God. I don't have, any, I don't have my purpose and significance and security wrapped up in wealth. God is my everything. Now, if this is you, then that's great. But if this isn't you, and you might say, I, might, I know I treasure and value wealth above God, or if there's confusion, or perhaps you're deluded, you know, you're convinced yourself you haven't got a problem, but you actually have, then you and I, or whoever's got this problem, needs to get it sorted out. It's a serious problem in your relationship with God. Now, Jesus goes on and he gives us a way of working it out. A bit of a test, if you like, to determine if wealth is a problem for you. Let's have a look back at, uh, uh, from verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? How do you know where your treasure really is? Your eyes give it away. These couple of verses paint the picture of a human eye being the entrance point of light into the body. And the image is like this. If our eyes are good, if we can see and we actually uh, look on things that are good and right, then light fills our body. So you would know the, you know, it's a bit out there kind of image, but you're seeing now what's going on. And the sense is your body is full of light. You can actually see, like the image is like, wow, I can see everything around me. So you are full of light. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. Now, do your eyes look for things that are good and right? Do they see the good? So do your eyes search the scriptures to find out more about God? And do they see the way uh, in which God is calling you to live as a follower of Jesus? Do your eyes... Look for the glory of God in his handiwork, the creation, and see the plethora of good things that we should praise and worship our God for. Do they see that? Do your eyes long for more of God? Do your eyes see people around you that you must love, that you must pursue with the loving message of Jesus Christ and him crucified? If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But the alternative, if our eyes are bad and uh, they look upon that which is kind of bad and wrong, then that 
what's going to fill our lives um, is those things that are kind of not quite right. So we'll be full of darkness. If our eyes are bad, our whole body will be full of darkness. If our eyes don't work, how can they see? In this way, do your eyes rest on a treasure? Do you know what I mean? Like, so you go out and you live life. Do your eyes rest on a treasure that isn't God at all? Do your earthly treasures take up the focus of your eyes? Bad eyes become fixated and lured away by the glory of wealth. And if this is you, you are not filled with light, but darkness. It's like you become blind to the things of God. And it's a serious problem for those who have once given their allegiance to God to then make something else their treasure. So a little test to see where your treasure is is to ask yourself, what do my eyes focus on? What do my eyes look for? What do my eyes see? If it's truly earthly treasure, you've got some things to sort out with God. Well, um, there's a favourite pastime uh, in summer around this Aubrey-Wodonga area. And if you're new to the area, you might not have tasted how good it is, um, but it's the legendary float in the Murray River. So on the hot summer's day, just jumping in the river, swimming out to the middle and just floating down, going, this is nice, you know. Bit risky, but very relaxing. Now, there's been several times where I've asked someone, I've said, hey, do you want to go for a float in the river? And maybe you've asked people about this as well. And, and, but some people, they kind of go, well, you know, they walk around. They'll kind of like dip their toe in the water. And they go, ooh, you know, they check the gauge of the temperature to make a decision. They'll look out, check out for snags and that kind of stuff. Now, this isn't a problem. It's just someone checking out. They're checking out. Are they going to do a float? And, uh, but some people, some people kind of get, you know, they're just not up for it. They're not up for the float because they're going, man, I'm a bit scared of the snags. I don't want to hook myself on a log and die. That's a fair, that's a fair call. You know? Or maybe it's something else. The current is a bit strong. Maybe the temperature is too cold. But whatever they say, it's like, I'm not, I can't go for a float. And that's kind of their deal. If you, that's you, that's all right. That's fine. These people, though, they can never say they've been for a float. So if you love bragging about stuff, you can't say you've been for a float if you've just dipped your toe or gone for a wade in the Murray. Those people who can claim they've gone for a float are those people who have actually swam out into the river and the current has taken them downstream. They're the true floaters. (laughs) Don't boast about floating, guys, if you haven't done it. Anyway. (laughs) And this is black and white. You've either done it or you haven't done it. You're a floater or you're not a floater. And it's the same with your treasure. There are no half measures. There's no fence sitting. God either has your heart, he has your eyes that seek after him, or he hasn't. You might think, no, I reckon I can treasure wealth and treasure God. And let me be brutally honest, if you think that, you're deluding yourself. You're wrong. 
Please look with me at the final verse, verse 24. Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is Jesus talking. So a Lord of the universe, creator of the universe, and he says there's no sitting on the fence. You can't serve God and money. And the language is very interesting, and I reckon it can upset some people. It's the language of serving or uh, the, a master-servant relationship. In a sense, or the wording is really communicating slave, slave and master. A slave that loves his master, that's devoted to his master. The same slave can't be devoted to two masters. It's impossible, Jesus is saying. He's saying you have an option, one or the other. It's like he's saying your treasure here is your master. And I think it's quite ironic that um, those who pursue and value wealth above God think that money's actually serving them. So they think that money's serving them. They think it's helping them, serving them, helping them find purpose and meaning and satisfaction in life when in actual fact you become its servant. You become a slave to wealth. Think about this. Think about um, how decisions and choices can become enslaved to wealth. So instead of making choices based on a longer kingdom of heaven perspective, we start choosing things based on this short-term, earthly treasures bring pleasure perspective. So how many times are your choices dictated by the pursuit of wealth? The choice of work over ministry, the choice of Sunday work over church. See, because in this case, you're not free to serve God, but rather you're captured. You've just become enslaved to wealth, to money. Why we want to serve or be a slave to wealth when in reality, in essence, in essence it's nothing? It doesn't give lasting purpose. It doesn't give satisfaction, lasting satisfaction or lasting meaning. It's like a mirage. It's an illusion. It's all smoke and mirrors. Wealth can't save you from sin and bring you into relationship with God. Wealth can't save you from hell. Serving God, making God your master, that's entirely different. Giving your life to treasure a master who can also be your loving heavenly father who has the power to forgive all the wrongs you've ever done and grant you eternal life in heaven with him. This is as real and as full as life gets. Your treasure is your master. We can't serve both God and money. So the question is, where's your treasure? And you'll know it because it's where your heart is. It's what your eyes long for. It's what you actually serve. It's what actually is your ultimate master. If you're feeling and thinking that your treasures are on earth, let me strongly recommend that you think this through. Ask yourself the question, is this the best option? 
Are you happy to enjoy your treasures now, but then be let down because it's gonna, they're not going to last? And uh, enjoy your treasures now and be happy about sliding, not into heaven, but to hell without God? Are you going to be happy about that? Please think on this. What do you want to do about this? And this is up to you. It's not up to anyone to force this on you. It's up for you to think through this. Please also let me share with you that it doesn't matter if you've been coming to church for years or if you've been coming to church just once. Check yourself, brothers and sisters in Christ. Is, is God really what you treasure, what your eyes and your heart are truly set on? If God is not your treasure and you want him to be, let me share a few thoughts. You just need to repent of it. You need to say, I'm sorry, God, for this, and tear down that treasure. Tear that treasure down and make God in heaven your treasure. Get this sorted out. Be set free from this. Make your treasure in heaven. Please note to be a follower of Christ, there's only one option. There's only one option. God wants to be your treasure. Set your heart on God and ask him to forgive you in Jesus' name and trust in him for your life. Entrust your life to him. Make everything you do be for him. Just give it all to him. Say, take my life. I don't care if you've been coming for years or just tonight. Give him your life. Entrust your life to him. Make him your treasure. Repent of stuff that is not God in your life and give your life to him. Now, if you think, yep, today... You know, maybe even praying that under your, under your breath now, and that'll be beautiful. But if you think today's a new day and I want to turn my life back over to God, I want God to change me. If you think today's a new day, help me. You know, you want help daily, hour by hour, to make Him the thing you focus on, to make Him the treasure above everything. That you might store up treasures in heaven. If this is you, then let me just share. Let me just share that you need. A system, a daily system, a daily thing that reminds you and encourages you to kind of give your life and make Jesus and God your treasure. If you haven't got a system there, you won't be able to do it. We live in this world very quick, yeah? We'd all agree. Lots of information coming our way. Movies, kind of like yeah, TV, uh, music magazines, newspaper, friends, education, work, all telling us what we should be setting our lives on. If you haven't got stuff that's daily reminding you about the way to live and daily getting the power and the strength to do it, you won't be able to have God as your treasure. If you want to start to follow Jesus daily, we need to feed ourselves with something that's going to counter all this other information that claims to be truth. It's not rocket science. It's daily, personal, quiet time. We all know that, eh? Not rocket science. Most of us here will go, yeah, yeah, man, that's it. That's the bread and butter of the Christian. If I was to do a quick survey here, who reads and prays every day of the week? Put your hand up. Just a quick survey. Every day of the week, boldly put it up there. There's not that many people, guys. 
And uh, yet we know, we know that's how we're going to be sustained. Sorry to make you feel awkward. That wasn't supposed to make you feel weird or anything. Um, reading the Bible, studying it, reflecting on it, seeking to apply it, grabbing a passage and going, I'm going to, going to track with this one today. And then going, okay, God, well, you know, not by myself. I'm going to pray to you now. Lord, help me do this. Help me live. Help me help you be my treasure. It's the only way that's going to work. It's the only way. And when I say it too, like, you know, I'm kind of guilty myself that I'm not a, I don't kind of give enough time to like reading the word, applying it to my life, obeying it, and praying and ask God to help me out. I don't do it enough. Let me just say and set the standards not small, right? Because if we're serious about making him our treasure, we'll just want to immerse ourselves. Five minutes, not bad. Let's try for 40 minutes. 40 minutes to an hour. Let's try for 40 minutes to an hour where we would actually go, I'm going to change my routine because after all, this is my treasure. God is my treasure. I'm going to change my routine. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to tweak stuff so that I can wake up and go, today, here's my time with you, God. Not because you have to, but because you'd want to. Why wouldn't we want to do this? Start with 40 minutes. And now, you might, if you've got a pattern, right, that works, praise God, keep going with it. If you haven't got a pattern or you're just confused, what do I do? Then, you know, at the end of the service, just after this message, write it on a response card and say, hey, I need help. You know, can you give me a call? Can you send me some stuff, email? So I can give you, so that the leadership of our church can help you establish a great pattern. Because it's life-giving and it's the only way that we're going to be able to have him as our treasure. If we want it to be our treasure, this is the sort of stuff that's going to turn our life completely upside down. It's a big challenge, guys, but I'm amazed at how much time we'll just spend watching TV. Like an hour, just like that, eh? Nothing at all, an hour TV. But uh, for some reason, an hour of like reading the Bible, praying to God, oh, no way. So I just want to leave you with that. And I want to encourage us that uh, to make our treasure in heaven, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. There's nothing more lasting, more beautiful, more life-giving, more fulfilling than uh, having God as your number one. Let's be a church community that truly has Jesus as God, as our treasure. Let's pray.